We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to the big chair. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm happy to be here, man. I know you got some stories to share. Yeah, I had, you had, had, a, had, you had a day off yesterday, and uh, it was a fun day. Great day to take off. When, when you take a day off, like a month in advance, and you have no idea that the middle of February it's going to be 65 degrees and sunny, mm. and it happens to be the day I took off work, things are working out. It timed out perfectly. Yeah. I mean, who expected 65 degrees in February, though? Like, that was such a Dude, fluke. I was driving my convertible yesterday mm. in February. I wish I had a convertible to drive. Yeah, it's not. It's an old one. It's not, it's not fancy. <laughs> isn't that better? Like when they're older, isn't that? Yeah, they're they're expensive to fix. Well, we'll certainly get to some stories that you have to share about the concert you went to last night. That should be fun. Did you catch any or so any here, bits and pieces of the Cavs game last obviously night? Obviously, I know what happened in the game. Um, and being a degenerate gambler that I am, uh, certainly had a parlay going with the Cavaliers last night. And um, so like we we um. We got picked up. We, we had a limo to the concert. It was like six of us last night, seven of us. And I, I checked my phone because we picked up at like at 6.30-ish, something like that. And so, you know, we're having some Pepsis on the way up, having a good time. I look at my phone in the middle of the first half, and the Cavs are down like 25 points. I'm like, oh, well, that parlay's dead. And then obviously uh, <laughs> find out that they you know make a nice little comeback in the second half and that whole thing. But, yeah, disappointing game for the Cavaliers because it was a game national – 
television. For sure. And probably the best opponent we faced really since the, the, the Grizz game, right? And just kind of a really lackluster offensive performance to start the game. Yeah, I here's my biggest thing is like we I understand where yes, this narrative that this team doesn't give up, they they don't quit. JB's instilled that in them. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's something that will get you far in the playoffs. Like a lot of teams especially, listen, think about it. Game before the All-Star break, you know, you're down almost 30 points like most teams are just mailing it in. They're like, all right, whatever. We'll catch up with you next week, right? Yeah. So the fact that this group did fight, the fact that they did try to get back oh, into tons it, of credit it for it's back. awesome. But I, I'm just so sick of like falling back on that as a crutch um, for this team. And look, I get it. Like we continue to toss out, oh, they're young and they're learning and they're growing. But how long are we allowed to use that as the excuse? Like how long can, how long is that an excuse for a team that makes a trade to get a guy like Donovan Mitchell? And at some point is going to have championship aspirations. Because I get it. Yeah. Like, they are still learning. Like, yeah, it's great that that's part of their identity. But I want to win those games now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm over the, yeah, that the hard, you know, moral victories, I guess is a good way to put it. Like, I'm, I'm over that phase with this team already. At this point in the season, a lot of that stuff should be flushed out. They should be able to win a game against the 76ers. So, this morning, Jason Lloyd was on with the morning show. He made it sound like the, the Sixers are, are whatever. They're, they're nothing. Yeah, James Harden, I don't care about him. Like, so if that's if that's how we feel about that team, like they shouldn't have fallen down by almost 30 points anyway, in my mind. No, I'm with you. I mean, that that was a game last night against a really good team. I uh, heard the guys this morning talk about it. Lima admitted it. Ken did not want to admit it until it kind of came <laughs> around. But the Sixers are just a better team. Just they're a better team right now. They got better players, and they're just a better team than the Cavaliers right now. That doesn't mean that the Cavs can't beat them in a series, but it's going to be tough. I mean, that they that's a team. I mean, Embiid is having an MVP caliber season, right? And James Harden all of a sudden is is like having this resurgence to his career and he's just getting buckets like a maniac. And it's a it's just a really I mean, those are two superstars. Yeah, and I think it I, I don't know, like a game like last night. Here's the thing. We spent all day talking about, oh, this is a big measuring stick game for them before the All-Star break. And it definitely carries some weight. And, you know, you played some of these, let's just call them scrub teams or whatever you want to, however you want to refer to them in the seven game stretch that they games they should win. So if we're going to use that as a barometer game, and look, I understand to Jason Lloyd's point again this morning, like, yeah, it's hard to use any regular season game as a measuring stick because we know when you get to the playoffs, Dustin, like, you got teams who have a whole series to prepare for you, make adjustments. It's a chess match. It's back and forth. It's not as clear cut as just like one night in February you're playing that team. Yeah. So I get it. But we can't make a big deal out of it all day long. And then once it's over, be like, eh, whatever. Just another learning learning curve for yeah. this team. And they're figuring it out. And that team's just better. Like, no, I, I'm, I'm over tempering my expectations. Like this team traded for Donovan Mitchell. They're deep in the year at this point. They should have a lot of this stuff figured out, and they should be competing with these teams. In my opinion, that that that's they they should be on that level. I get they're a better team; they're more experienced. Joel Embiid is very difficult to defend. Yeah. That guy is crazy good. He's one of the best players in the league. But you got to find a way. You, you you have to find a way. And if you start that game faster, you probably win. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. They were down twenty-seven, I think, at one point, and they battle all the way back to then cut it to four a couple yeah. times in the fourth quarter. Obviously, they cut it to four with like twenty-one seconds to go, and. And couldn't get it done, but um, yeah, I mean that's that's basketball though. Like you can't just show up for thirty minutes. 
Yeah, as much as... Which is basically what they showed up right, for. Right, right. I mean, as much as you credit them for being able to battle back and being sort of that resilient team, there's also a lot of blame to go around yeah. for, like, why aren't you showing up to some of these games? Like, yeah, that's great, but show up for the entire game, right? Like, yep. I, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Where, where do you think... Because we, we want to give JB credit for inst- instilling in the team this this you know fight mentality this fighting mentality where they don't give up he'd call it like the scrap mentality mm-hmm. that's the word he throws around junkyard a lot junkyard dog mentality yeah exactly they got the, they got the junkyard dog chain that yep. they gave out after every game where how much blame does JB deserve though I guess for because we all know it's it's a hot button issue right now with the fan base like. He was kind of coasting along. People kind of been gotten quiet on on the conversation during the seven game win streak. But in a game like last night, some of those issues kind of pop up again. Late game, uh, not you know, Evan Mobley misses that bunny shot, and then they don't foul right away, and it kind of runs off ten seconds of time, and then they foul, and people are wondering, was he trying to trap? Was he trying to foul? What should have happened there? These are the types of situations that are going to make the seat on JB get hotter, I think, mm-hmm. especially from the fan base. So I guess, like, how much are you looking at it as, yeah, it's, it's it's on JB, or how much are you looking at it as, well, it's just them still being a young team? Well, it's difficult to put it on JB after just one loss. Um, I think JB was taking a lot of heat prior to the seven-game win streak, and deservedly so. I think he cost them a bunch of games that they, they should have won, but... I remember him coming on that Thursday and had that press conference where he talked about all these things that, you know, kind of just saying everyone's against us. No one realizes how good we are, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, then they win seven games in a row and it took a lot of heat off of everybody. And now you played the big boys last night, a team that you could, you know, reasonably face in the postseason, a team that you got to get over to get to the Eastern Conference Finals or to even, you know, get to the NBA Finals, I should say. And, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to panic after last night. No, because again, it's a road game. The Cavs have played a million games in the last two weeks. They are up against the All Star break. They're going to have a little time here to rest up. They were exhausted. I mean, they were exhausted in that Bulls game uh, on Saturday, right? I mean, they, they were down like nine at halftime and come back, and, and it was a really good win, I thought. But um, no, I mean, I'm not going to panic about this one loss. And, yeah, certainly JB could have made some better decisions last night. But in the end, I mean, it's it's just one loss. Yeah. And um, now we got a little time to rest now. And to be clear, like, I'm not saying we should hit the panic button or whatever. I, I'm just at a place where I think the – and maybe it, maybe people think I'm jumping the gun and I'm crazy because we're in year one of this iteration of the Cavs with Donovan Mitchell in the fold. But it's late in the season, guys. Like, you make this trade because at some point you want to – see a little bit more out of them. So I just, I'm I'm over falling back on the, well, they're young and they're figuring it out. I'm over just using the, well, at least they fought as a, as a crutch. Like, that's great that they have that mentality. It's going to come in handy in the playoffs. But I got to believe that they can compete with these better teams. And right now, I just don't. I, I do think in some ways that game last night was kind of a, uh, a, a humbling game in a way. Like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, we were getting a little big for our britches seven games in a row. You win. You're feeling pretty good as you kind of get to this home stretch of the season before the All-Star break. And now you're kind of like, okay, maybe they're not ready for the, the big dogs yet. I wrote this down. Cavs are 5-3 and three against the teams ahead of them in the standings. But they did beat the Bucks once without Giannis, twice without Middleton. So some context there. 76ers were missing Harden the one time that they've beaten them. They also are, and obviously the other two are against the Heat. 
uh, or excuse me, against the Celtics, who they they beat early in the season, those two overtime games. And then they're one and one against the Heat. One of those came without Jimmy Butler. So we talked about the load management throughout the year and guys just missing games, and it always seemed to be they were missing games against the Cavs for whatever reason. When you look at it, they're really, if you take out the games where they were missing their superstars, and I think actually the, the Cavs lost to the Bucs once without Giannis, mm-hmm. they're 4-4 four and four against the Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, and Heat. And those are, I think, the teams that you're really measuring yourself against. They're sort of the staple teams in the Eastern Conference. I know the Heat are below the Cavs in the standings right now. But like I said, last night puts it in a nutshell for me that like, yeah, the Cavs are good. And hopefully they finish out the season here. They're a four seed and they get to, they get a home playoff series because that that experience can't be replicated. I understand that and that's going to be important. But I just don't know that they're ready to compete with these big dogs yet. Yeah, that's that's a test that we'll find out once they get to the postseason and and get into a you know a series where they can actually you know prepare for the one team. You know, you, you, you see the ups and downs of actually playing a team multiple times back to back to back. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they're so young, you know, yeah, and yeah. and obviously we're going to get this Kevin Love news here because um, obviously they got Danny Green a couple days ago. But now, I mean, Kevin Love's going to be shipped out of here, buyout, and there's not many guys on this team that have won playoff games. Yeah. I actually have a, a thought on that, which we will get to here. Kevin Love, obviously, you guys know the news by now, overnight. It reports that he's going to be bought out of his contract, likely to go team I just brought up, ironically, the the Miami Heat. No way that backfires, right? No <laughs> way that the Cavs end up seeing the Heat in the playoffs and uh, Kevin Love has some insider information on, on Cleveland. Just saying. Um, it, uh, you never know. <laughs> never know. We'll see if it comes back to bite him. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that because Kevin Love, I actually think, has had one of the more – fascinating career arcs and character arcs, if you will, for a Mm -hmm. Cleveland athlete in recent memory, especially just the ebbs and flows of his time here in Cleveland. So we'll, we'll go back through all of that and uh, certainly reflect a little bit more on last night's game. 216-578-0092. You can hit us up, chime in on the conversation as we talk Cavs, we talk Kevin Love. We got a jam packed show to still get into with a ton of topics coming your way. We will talk to a couple different guests with you as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, as we get into the Kevin Love stuff, I, I'm, I'm curious, Dustin, like what is, how will people remember Kevin Love? I'm assuming it's going to be more so on the positive sides and 2016 most notably, but I do wonder if there's anyone who thinks back to that sort of rough patch when they were going through the rebuild. Yeah, I I definitely remember that, but I'll have fond memories of Kevin Love. I mean, he's been, you know, really good teammate for a long time. He's kind of he kind of got screwed a little bit. I mean, not screwed because he got a lot of money, but I mean, they sold him a bill of goods that this team was going to compete right away, and they tore it down, you know. And they then they rebuild, and now they are a legitimate, capable team, and they're so good now that he can't get yeah. in the rotation. Yeah, and it it kind of stinks because, you know, look, Kevin Love. I think he can still shoot. But he has a hard time getting up and down the court. I the mean, he's injury. Five years old. I mean, he's not many yeah. play. I mean, listen, LeBron James is a freak of nature. For sure. To play it, you know, past thirty-five is really difficult in the NBA. It doesn't happen very often. And I think he maybe maybe has has a little bit left in the tank, but certainly not enough that JB wants to put him in the rotation here or Kobe. Well, yeah, and I think the injury to his thumb hurt yeah. him too. I know. I know. I've heard Chris Fedor talk about it numerous times that that kind of played a role in. His shooting motion, he had to kind of change the way he was shooting, so that's been a problem for him as well. But, so yeah, Kevin Love and the Cavs parting ways. I'm going to explain why 
I think that could actually be bad news for the Cavaliers moving forward the rest of the season. Talking Cavs, obviously last night the loss to the 76ers, a tough one, one that I think many of us had some high expectations for, some high hopes for, and wanted to use as kind of a measuring stick game before the All-Star break after you kind of beat up on the the little sisters of the poor during the seven-game win streak. And yeah, it ends it ends in a loss. You, you get the great effort coming back, but you fall short. Um and I'm going to be honest, the timing of the Kevin Love buyout is interesting, Dustin, because I'm, you want to know why I'm a little worried about this? Tell me why. So we remember last year, Ricky Rubio gets hurt, shut down for the season. They end up trading him away at the deadline. And obviously things kind of fell apart for them down the stretch, end up in the play-in tournament mm-hmm. and don't give any further than that. My worry with this Kevin Love's trade is that something similar is going to happen. We all know how important or I guess how influential Kevin Love was on that locker room. I mean, they they were calling him Uncle Kev last year, and there was all these conversations about how great he's been, how he's been unselfish. He took on a lesser role, almost won sixth man of the year. He's embraced Cleveland. He likes work with the young guys, and they've embraced him as kind of their, their, their veteran leader on the team. And... I worry that the same thing could play out now here with out Kevin Love, where you're losing a veteran player, a guy who had an important role in that locker room, even if he wasn't playing on the court. And what does that mean for this team on the stretch? Because let's face it, like we always talk about how young this team is. We said it in the first segment a bunch of times. Like this team needs more veterans on it, not less. And so <clears throat> that's my biggest worry is that without Kevin Love things maybe fall apart down the stretch here. It helps that the Cavs have the fourth easiest schedule coming out of the All-Star break, so that's good news. But I do worry a little bit about the losing the presence of a guy like Kevin Love in the, in the locker room. No, I'm concerned about it too. I, I don't think that it's going to be like the end-all be-all to not have him here, but I think it, it, if you could get something out of him, if the guys in the locker room are going to miss having him around yeah. as somebody that they could go talk to or get advice from or whatever it may be, um, just watching him during the last week or two, like on the on the bench, he's still into it. He's cheering. Like, I don't know. They're gonna buy him out because he doesn't want to be here. Yeah, which is that's the part that's kind of like that's the part that kind of hurts a little bit. But I also get it. If he's not going to get on the floor here, I, if I'm him and I think I still have something left in, in the tank, then I'd want to play for somebody that you know is going to be a playoff team and I'll have a chance to to make a run. And it's disappointing because. I'd love to see Kevin Love be part of a championship here in Cleveland with, oh, yeah. without LeBron James. Yeah. I think he'd love to have that too. But I think for him, he wants to actually participate. What's interesting about the timing of it too is that's kind of weird because just a week ago, you had Kobe Altman out at the podium talking about the trade deadline, how nothing came to fruition. And he was asked point blank, is a buyout for Kevin Love something that you would consider? And he he rebuffed it. He was like, ah, no, you know, we haven't talked to his reps. They haven't talked to us. Like, that's not something that's on our radar. And then here we are a week later, and he's he's on the outs. And so, yep. so I don't know if something drastically changed necessarily. I, th- I think to Jason Lloyd's point earlier uh, today, maybe it's just a situation where Kevin really wants to play. He still feels like he has something left to give, and it's not on this team. So he wants to go play elsewhere. Um, but I wonder if Cavs fans at this point had it in their heads and if they were okay with it, like with Kevin Love just kind of retiring a Cleveland Cavalier and finishing his career here, because that was what it kind of seemed like it was headed. But like, eh, he played through the rest of this contract at the end of the year, and then he'd re up on some like you know 
veteran minimum type deal and, and just kind of ride off into the sunset with Cleveland. And now I think that kind of gets thrown out the window. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't, he I don't could know. could come back. I mean, you never know. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen here. He'll most likely get bought out and go play for the Heat or the Celtics or somebody else that's got a chance to do something. And a team that's looking for, you know, a spot shooter that can give him, you know, 10 minutes a game. Something like that. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that probably is the perfect role for him. He's he's beyond the point where he's playing, you know, 20-plus minutes, 30-plus minutes a game, obviously. I, I Like I said, though, I do have a small concern, and then I wonder if this is the 2023 version of losing Ricky Rubio that like this team had last year when they traded him at the deadline. And listen, I, I didn't blame them for making the trade. Like, you go get Karis LeVert, you had an expiring contract, that's an asset to a team. I 100% understood it at the time. They, need, they should have done it. They should have taken advantage of it. But... I just wonder if this has effects later on in the season where you lose a veteran. Um, obviously, Danny Green being an addition for this team matters. Guy who's won a couple, several rings. He's won, he's a three-time NBA champion, so that goes a long way. There's sort of a addition by subtraction. You add a veteran, but you lose a veteran. But only guy left over from that 2016 championship. Only holdover from a team that you know he's seen the the highs here in Cleveland and knew how to kind of navigate things. And you lose that in the locker room. Could it have a bigger effect than what we're maybe letting on? Let's go to the phones. Uh, Bill, you're up first on the fan. What's going on, Bill? Hey, great program, you guys. What's up, Bill? Hey, Thanks, Bill. Buddy. Uh, you know, I think this is one of those things in which Bickerstaff has a hard time chewing gum and walking at the same time. <laughs> uh, Don't we all? So, he is so <laughs> rigid. He is so rigid in his thinking. Remember at the first of the season they had trouble getting um, – uh, the center of the, the basketball, and, you know, and, and this is a young player who needed the basketball. And everyone calling in said, why can't Mobley be getting the ball, you know, more and shooting more? And it went on and on, and everybody said, well, they're getting used to the, each other. And it was Bickerstaff running plays that wasn't giving him the ball. And then I think finally, I hope someone upper said, Come on, you know, JB, give him the ball. And then all of a sudden yeah. we went to the next level. Now, now here's this situation. And Dustin just said a statement that I thought was correct. You know, that he's going to go somewhere where they need a spot shooter for 10 to 15 minutes a game. Well, guess who else needs that? Uh, us. We do. <laughs> we do. And we don't need our – and Dustin got – you're right, Dustin. You know, he, could, you know he, he may go to Boston. Well, we don't want him going to Boston. Or so Miami. The, the scary part about him right. going somewhere else in the East is that he could come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. Oh, in a heartbeat. But you know, but last night I wanted to get a reflection off this. Sure. What bothered me about the game last night, and Dustin, I hope you reflect because you played a, a game in which intimidation was all was all about. The first part of the game, Embiid just beat our center and you know and uh, Allen with his forearm, which you know the refs don't call, of course, when yeah. you got a yeah. star like him. Where, why didn't JB put in Lopez and have Lopez just level him? I didn't get this. I didn't get it. He was intimidating us. Yeah, the team was intimidated by it, and they were just running the score up. Why? I mean, Lopez doesn't play yeah, ever. Yeah. Get him in there and do that. And last thing, explain sure, to me real quick. what Allen was doing when he was yelling after B. And what was the you know, three seconds thing? What was that all about? Uh, I think, and thanks for the call, Bill. I appreciate it. I think they have some sort of celebration after a three-second call gets made. I, I saw people were tweeting about that. I'm not, I wasn't 100% sure of that either. But 
the answer on the Lopez question is simply just that JB has his rotation and that's what it is. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. doesn't really go beyond nine, sometimes 10 players. I did think the fact that Danny Green played a lot last night was mm-hmm. maybe a positive sign because that was my biggest question when they got him. I was like, are they just bringing him here to bring him here? Or is he actually going to play meaningful minutes? And it seems like, I know Chetty, I don't think, was dressed last night. I think he was just out. But um, yeah, I, I wondered how he's going to get worked in. But they wasted no time. Only his fourth game, back from the injury, and they're trying to get him acclimated really quickly. So maybe he becomes your your spot shooter. But listen, I, Bill's right to an extent. Like, they do need a guy like Kevin Love, but I also think if they thought he was going to give them what he was giving them last year, then he probably would not have worked his way out of the rotation. I think that's maybe the most simple answer I can give. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, I, I'm I'm worried though where he goes. Oh yeah, that's why. Like, like I said to you, Dustin, like no like, chance it bites him they, in the ass if he goes to easily, Miami, right? They could easily be playing the Heat <laughs> in the first round. You know what's interesting about the, the thing that scares me about the Heat? And maybe this is another question that we can open up to, to listeners as well. What team in the East worries you the most in, to see in the first round of the playoffs? Assuming, like, all goes well, Cleveland, again, fourth easiest strength, fourth hardest, or fourth, fourth easiest strength of schedule down the, the post-All-Star break stretch of the season. And they stay in the fourth spot. That's where they are come playoff time. What is the team, or who is the team that you definitely don't want to see in the first round? For me, I think it is Miami. I heard a stat the other day. They've played, I think, the most games within that have finished within five points in the NBA. And they've won like 20 of them and lost like 12 or something like that. And they just have this way of just like mucking up a game, yep. slowing it down, taking away. They're kind of like the Patriots of the, the NBA in that way. Where like they know what you do well and they find a way to exploit make you not do it so well, and then they get it down to a couple shots at the end of the game and anything can happen. I, I am yeah. definitely afraid of playing that Heat team. Uh, I'm scared of them, too. I and mean, We saw it the other night when the Cavaliers played them, and they're just a disciplined team. Yeah. They're playoff built, right? Yeah. I mean, they're gritty. They've got a coach who's won championships. They and Pat Riley well, still Pat running Riley, the show. The I culture, mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're just the team that, that worries me because they are battle-tested. They've got veterans, and they got a really good coach. Let's take one more call here before the break. Uh, Josh, you're up next. This call should be fun. What's going on, Josh? Hey, Josh. Okay, gentlemen. So, uh, well, your screener doesn't agree with me, but honestly, he doesn't agree right with any now, callers. this is a, this is a <laughs> selfish move by Kevin Love. And this is what I'll tell you, and this is why I didn't think they, they were serious about moving him at the time. Because the reports that are coming out is Cavs didn't want to make any lateral moves and that they're interested in re-signing Kevin Love long term. So they kept his money on the books when he was going to be coming off this offseason. Weren't over the cap team. We don't have contracts to trade going forward outside of the big four. So if you want to make any moves, you got to keep money on the books. So we should have done at least some type of lateral move to get some contract on the books, whether it be a Gordon Hayward or a Doug McDermott. And uh, it just, the fact that things started going bad for Kevin again, he's playing like crap. His play wasn't good. He was benched. He starts pouting, isolating from the team like he Mm. did during the beginning of the rebuild. It's a selfish move because he could have been like, hey, if you guys aren't going to trade me, I mean, play me, just trade me so you can at least get something for me instead of me just being bought out in the middle of the season because now you've lost the leadership in the locker room. You've lost the money off the books. So it just it was a dumb move. Kobe Altman failed this decision. He's been great with everything else, but with Kevin Love, he's just dropped the ball completely since the re-signing to when he's left. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Josh. That's, listen, where I agree with you, is that if you were going to end up buying him out, and again, it sounded like last week 
Kobe Altman had no indication this was coming. He made it sound like that was not even on their radar that they were going to buy him out at all. So I take it to believe that, like, I, I take that to believe that this kind of came to fruition just over the course of this week and not so much before the trade deadline day because I don't think he would have said that if it was a possibility. Like, I think he would have at least, we know how these GMs and stuff speak. They always right. speak in ways where, like they leave doors open. He made it sound like, no, like this is no, not I a thing we're talking No, I thought it was off the table. About. I yeah. assumed that Kevin Love was just going to be here for the, the long haul right. with the uh, – with the Cavs throughout the playoffs. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it just pops up out of the blue. So where I agree with Josh is that, yes, if this was something you knew was possible, you probably should have tried to use him in some deal. I know Kobe said like there wasn't really a deal that was going to make them much more than marginally better and all this different stuff, but you could at least have tried to do something. So I agree with you on that take. Where I disagree, though, Josh, is that it's a selfish move by Kevin Love. Because, listen, I understand, and this is – Kind of plays into the question, too, of like, how are you going to remember Kevin Love as, as he exits stage right here in Cleveland? Um, I understand there was a point in time after the Big Three era where he stuck around, and I think at first people were like, oh, this is great. Like, this guy has endeared himself to Cleveland. He's the only guy who wanted to stay out of the Big Three. So, yeah, we love him. But then through those rebuilding years that he, had, he apparently was told weren't going to be a thing, mm-hmm. and then they were, he was throwing hissy fits on the court. He was not happy. He was voicing his opinion. Every single year, we had the same song and dance conversation at the deadline, Dustin, of like, is it time to finally trade Kevin Love? You could have formed a line from here to the airport of people that would have been willing to drive 100%. him to the airport to get him out of town. And now it's changed to where I think he's largely liked again. And I think part of that is because he was unselfish mm-hmm. and did take a backseat and took on that role last year and became sort of a leadership figure for this team. So I disagree. Like I understand to a point there's only so much one person's going to accept. And if he still feels like he's got something in the tank and it's not here with this team, I can at least, I can accept that. Yeah, I can accept that part. I, I just, I don't think he's being selfish. I think he's just at a point where he just, he's like, Hey man, I've got a couple years left, maybe a year left. I don't know. Yeah. And I just want to play. And on, on some level, Dustin, like at some point, you got to look out for you, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, obviously in sports, we love guys who take one for the team or sacrifice for the team. But at he's, some point, he's sacrificed a lot yeah. over the years. Yeah, hundred percent, he has. This has been in the works for at least a few days. I think there's frustration between Kevin and the Cavs. There's a little bit of tension at the end. I think that's fair and reasonable. I got a story coming out later. It's not like one of the spill the tea, kick over the trash can, and let it all out type things. It's more of a tribute to him. But yeah, there was some tension there, and he wanted to play, and they weren't playing him. And you know, I talked to him a few weeks ago, where he felt like he was kind of turning the corner with a thumb, and he's like, you know. Knock on wood, but I think it's. I can feel it coming. I'm there. I'm, I'm turning the corner, and it's coming. And it never came. And so here we are. Uh, they got, you know, JB sort of settled on a rotation. They got hot. They were playing really well. And he was out of the rotation. He wants to play. Like, he needs um, – he's trying to get another contract. So he wants to play. It's my understanding Kevin is intent on playing next year. And, you know, he wants to prove he's still got something left. He needs to get on the floor uh, in order to prove that. So he'll have another opportunity somewhere else. Josh was the caller who chimed in, Dustin, and said that he thought it was a selfish move by Love. I wonder, like, does this tarnish any of the goodwill that people, I think, have built back up over Love over the last couple years? Because I kind of threw out the question, like, how are you going to remember him? I think largely people are going to remember 2016, and they they talk about, like, the shot, the block, and what his play was was the stop of of Steph Curry on the the last minute three. Um, 
So I think largely that's how people are going to view Kevin Love. Like they're going to remember him for that more than anything. And then hopefully some of the good from this rebuild that they've gone through. But I wonder if other people feel similarly to Josh, where they just think, ah, this guy's selfish, same old Kevin Love, like get him out of here if he doesn't want to be here type situation. Yeah, I'm sure some people feel that way. I understand that that feeling is, you know, this guy has been here for a long time. We've taken care of him. We paid him a lot of money. He's won a championship. And now all of a sudden wants to bail. I get it. But I also get his side of it too. Yeah. Because he's been unselfish for a while. There's been moments he's had he's had some uh, selfish moments, I guess I should say. But for the most part, I think he's been pretty unselfish. And now he wants to play. And if the Cavs can't find a way to get him on the court, then I, if I'm him, I, I understand wanting to, to get out of here. And I thought it was interesting, too, that Jason brought up, you know, he, he thought he was kind of turning the corner with the thumb, but yep. then he was still out of the rotation. And that just feels like they, that just feels like JB moving in a different direction. Like, yeah. hey, we know what we have now. We got to see what we have in these young guys. Like, I'm sorry, Kevin, but you're just not part of that anymore. Um, and if that's the case, like, to your point, I can't blame him for wanting to play, especially if he sees, you know, two, three more years where he wants to get another contract. I mean, Dustin, you're a former player. Like, you know how life works in these sports. Like, it's it's short. It's it's not always as long as you think it's going to be. Um, we had a similar situation. I remember when uh, Baker Mayfield started bringing up with Duke Johnson, like, well, hey, if you don't want to be here, get out of here, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, that wasn't a great look for him. No. Because you, you don't really want to talk about, it's kind of an unwritten rule. Yeah, you don't talk about guys' money. You don't money. talk about guys' money. But... That's where I think Kevin Love, for the most part, has kind of swallowed that pride. Like, he didn't make his contract. Uh, I mean, I guess he was getting, he was kind of stealing from the Cavs for the last couple of years anyway, like mm-hmm. the money he was making. But he was, he was unselfish about it. He didn't look and say, like, well, hey, I'm getting all this money. Like, I need to be in this role or I have right. to get this many a minute. It's like, he did kind of take a back seat. So I can accept that at, on some level, he was just like, listen, if I'm not going to be in the rotation at all, then that's not what I want. And it probably grew on it. But I thought also interesting just that it, Sounds like it came to fruition this week and in the last couple of days, but that there seemed to be some tension dating back to several weeks ago when Jason seemed to have kind of have yeah. a conversation with him. Yeah, well, uh, we'll we'll go to the phones. Let's take Mark up next. Um, what's going on, Mark? Mark, what's happening, fellas? fellas this, I gotta say, this is probably the worst signing Cleveland has ever made, man. When they signed Kevin Love for basically thirty million dollars a year, the worst. And we get in return. Yeah, yeah. I mean, worse than any uh, Sean Kemp, any of them. This guy got paid twenty eight million, averaged twelve points, and missed seventy percent of the seat, uh, seventy percent of those four years. The guy wasn't only uh, not only that. The guy has no defense, and then he was a locker room headache, according to Bleacher Report, where he called Kobe Altman out in front of the team on several occasions. Mm-hmm. Like I say, man, it's. We should. I'm glad we moving on. We should have did it two years ago, but he was all too much money. You know, I'm like, well, there's no place for Kevin Love on his team with no defense, and he's a spot-up shooter. Now, nah, I think this is the right move for everybody. And I think he was selfish because he robbed the organization. 70% of the games, that's all, fellas. Thanks for having me on. All right, Mark. Appreciate the call. Yeah, heavy stuff there. I, 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 I see Mark's point, and I do think people will look back and say, I can't believe we paid him that much money to come back late in his career where he clearly wasn't going to be the same player particularly after LeBron and Kyrie left, like it kind of didn't make a lot of sense, even though it was, I think at the time it was the Cavs way of kind of hanging on to an era that they didn't want to forget. They were like, oh, well, we still got Kevin Love. And they tried to convince us and themselves that they could build around him and it just didn't happen. So maybe he's not wrong. Mm -hmm. Mark's not wrong in that way that it maybe was the worst signing that the Cavs ever made. Um, But this, this is what I find fascinating too, Dustin, is 
I said this a little bit earlier, but Kevin Love's career arc or character arc, whatever you want to call it here in Cleveland, has been so fascinating because mm-hmm. he gets here after the Andrew Wiggins mm-hmm. trade and LeBron's like, you know, pulling all the strings to try to get this big three built. And there was the infamous stop trying to fit out and fit in that everybody tweet that LeBron sent that everybody assumes was about Kevin Love. And so it didn't really seem like things were working then. And then he always has kind of had to swallow his pride a little bit just to play in a big three. You kind of have to. I mean, Chris Bosh did the same thing in Miami, right? Same thing in Miami, absolutely. So, but then the big three breaks up and he's the last one to stay. And so I think fans wanted to like Kevin. Well, first they won a championship, of course. And then I think just in general, he's, he's a legend because of that. Um, but then he stick, he's the one that sticks around. I think that endeared him to fans even more, but there's ups and downs of, again, people lining up to take him to the airport. They wanted him out of here. And now these last two years, it's been like, man, unselfish guy, great presence in the locker room. Like we all love Kevin Love again. Like just the roller coaster ride that he's been on in the way of like how fans feel about him is fascinating to me. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Spencer, where do you put Kevin Love like where do where do you th- what do you think about Kevin Love's legacy do we think he's as I'm thinking about answer the answer the answer to your question I'm I, th- this comes to me do we think he is jersey retirement category like is he worthy of having his jersey uh, retired in the rafters well he wore number zero who else wears zero so <laughs> yeah you think about that makes it a little uh, bit easier right yeah I mean listen I, I kind of think that him Kyrie and LeBron all probably should have their jersey retired at I some agree, point I think yeah you know what I mean even though Kyrie's a weirdo but he was really really big part of winning the championship. So I don't know. I mean, Kevin Love certainly had had a big impact on this franchise when they traded for him and they got a championship and you can say what you want about Kevin. He wasn't great as a, <coughs> excuse me, as a player always, but he had his moments, right? Yeah. He'd hit a big shot. He had the great defense of, of Steph Curry, that final possession, right? In, uh, in Golden State. So, I mean, there's, there's moments that he's, he's made where I think he's worthy. I mean, I don't know. How many jerseys can you retire? Yeah. That's why people make fun of the Yankees because it seems like they retire like every single jersey oh, under the sun. They've got 100 numbers. <laughs> you any number you want in baseball, right? Um, yeah, no, I think um, I, I, I'm, I'm with you that I would retire his jersey. I almost do feel like it's fitting for just that entire trio uh, from that era, an era that we'll all never forget, to have their jersey up in the rafters at some point. Um yeah, I, I would probably put him in that category. For me, I just think him winning the championship like cements his legacy here. No, ma- no matter what, like, yeah, there were some ups and downs. I get it. But you're part of that team, breaking the 52-year drought, LeBron coming back and fulfilling the the destiny, if you will, that he promised years before of bringing this city a championship. Like, you get to be part of that. You are forever just engraved in our memories and our minds and the, 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 the franchise in that way um, as well. So, I mean, think about it. Like, you'll be reciting the names on that team for years to come. 100%. Yeah. So, just based on that alone, I think he's, he's worthy of having his jersey retired. I would do it. I think in the landscape of, like, Cavaliers greats, are we going to say, like, he's one of the best players of all time that wore a Cavs uniform? Maybe not because – Again, there was ups and downs, and I don't think we ever really got saw the full potential of Kevin Love because um, he was he was taking a back seat when he was part of the big yeah. three, and then afterwards he was just not the same player. But um, yeah, I, I think his jersey belongs in the rafters alongside Kyrie and LeBron. It's funny with Kyrie too because you're right; like he's obviously been just a, a cancer wherever he's gone. 
But this is like the one place that it seems like we can get away with, okay, his jersey belongs in the rafters here. He deserves to be celebrated. Because it's the one place that he didn't do anything too quirky other than saying that the earth was flat, right? Pretty quirky. <laughs> he is. But yeah. I guess it depends on how the rest of his career goes. If he, if he keeps saying outlandish stuff, it may just be too toxic to put his jersey anywhere. I don't know. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.